0: Welcome to the Inner Athlete Podcast, where we discuss all things youth athlete development and youth mentoring. Welcome, Zoe. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Cool. Um, For those who don't know, Zoe is our newest coach here. Um, She's been here for three months, two, two, three months, but it feels like a long time. But yeah, I think Zoe's been following us for at least a year on the socials and figured you know she looks... Like a half-decent coach and we're going to have her on board and yeah, next thing, you know, she's part of the team, so welcome.
1: Thank
0: you, thank you. Um, now, today, what, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk a, about um, missing training sessions. Now, it's cold, it's, it's literally, yeah, the first day of June, so it's the first, first day of day winter. winter. Yep. Yeah, so very crazy weather, we're in the midst of a flu, a flu pandemic, The people are calling it, whatever it may be. And specifically, yeah, missing training sessions. But let's, let's go a little bit deeper into that. Like why, why are people missing training sessions? What are like some arbitrary reasons for people to miss the sessions at the moment?
1: Honestly, exams is huge for us with our youth athletes. Um, even if people are just feeling a little bit sick, kind of choosing training is the one thing to get rid of. Um, even just mood, I think, is a huge one with this cold weather as well.
0: Yeah, we're definitely seeing that exam periods, like high periods of, periods of stress. We tend to see um, a bit of a drop off and the training tends to go on the back burner as a result to try and get ahead of things or on top of things. Um, let's, let's go more into the school stuff because we really deal with a lot of youth athletes here. Usually it ten, tends to be like certain periods of the year as well. Usually mid-year when there's a lot of sacks, assessments, uh, mid-year exams uh, for, some, for some subjects. Uh, but then as we get closer to the end of the year, uh, for year elevens, year twelves, even year tens and nines have exams at some schools as well, which I yeah, I never had, had that. I just had assessments really in year nines, year nine and year ten. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about that. Like what what happens specifically um, during those periods for these kids?
1: Yeah, so it seems like these kids just have a lot going on, um, especially school stresses all of that sort of stuff uh, probably a lot of added pressure maybe at home as well and then it just kind of seems like gym is the one thing that some decide is the thing to get rid of
0: do you think it's a bit of a combination of like you know the start of the year everyone's pretty like fresh daisies and all that jazz and it just becomes like the monotony and the kind of like oh, lack of a better term the grind essentially it's like literally just doing like the same thing on repeat you know for eight ten weeks Um, for a term then obviously you know a semester's you know two terms do you think it's just like a build-up as well it's like it's kind of like this big crescendo there's a massive amount of workload
1: yeah it seems like every semester or every term for kids it's like they'll just kind of ignore all the things building up like especially school workload everything's the same for a couple of weeks maybe the 10 weeks and then it gets to the end of this and it's like oh I've got to catch up on every single thing what can I do to make maximize my time, and then it's like everything's just builds up into something huge
0: yeah, kind yeah, kind of like um you know, all this pent up pressure mm-hmm. um, and stress it just kind of comes out really, I guess you know, really quickly um, then usually kids are just kind of like crawling over the line in the last two weeks of school. It's like, oh, I'll just wait wait for school holidays, so let's give some um, examples of some of the kids that we work here with here as well and how they've kind of like at the moment you know we're in the middle of the year at the moment um heading into the end of term two what what have we noticed with a lot of the kids here that, that continue to train here um they have exams coming up
1: yep so one of my girls she has been struggling a lot with the workload massively she also has a lot of extracurricular activities as well um and has just found that everything builds up and then her mood just decreases massively um, and then finds that coming into the gym is actually the one thing that gives her a bit of a release so she's able to talk to everyone she's able to kind of let everything out that maybe people at school might not listen to as much because they're probably going through similar things Um, and then yeah we're always open to chat about it all and just finds that actually moving helps so much more like sometimes if um, they're really stressed we'll obviously rein it in a little bit we can just kind of alter their session for them but just at least get them moving and get them chatting to us about whatever's going on so that's helped massively
0: yeah it's it's one of those periods where we're not trying to solve their problems it's it's we're just helping them to best navigate what they're actually going through at this point in time Um, as you alluded to before because like when they come in it's a different environment they feel a little bit more fresh they feel like they and the good thing is like as coaches and like we're we're really big in treating people as individuals. Like, we we really do treat them as individuals, giving them an an opportunity to, if they need a vent, giving them that opportunity to vent, um, to be able to process what their thoughts and feelings are because if they keep it bottled up, eventually it's going to wear them down because they're constantly thinking about it and haven't had the opportunity to really process how they're feeling, thinking and feeling. Exactly. So... We think it's a tremendous thing to continue on. But as you mentioned before, what changes do we need to do if they are going through these periods of stress and we notice that they're coming in tired and fatigued, with it? but they still want to train.
1: What do we do there? Yeah, so it kind of depends how many sessions they do a week. If it's, say, two sessions a week where we can see that that's fine, like they're recovering well enough to actually do this. Um, We might take back the intensity, so lighter weights might keep the sets and the reps the same or we may make it a shorter session we may have a chat for the first 10-15 minutes and actually just see how everything's going see what we need to do um with them I guess just ask how they're feeling kind of what they want to do because the biggest part is auto-regulation I think especially when it comes to mental health or stress and that sort of thing it's more the individual having the control to be like, okay, I'm stressed right now. I think I need to do a little bit less, and then they still want to enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Let's. For those who don't understand what auto regulation is, can you give us just like a um just a brief understanding of what it is and how do we use it?
1: Yeah. So my what I would think auto regulation is is just understanding your own body and then knowing how you need to train from there. So for athletes, it might even just be. If you're under recovered or you're more sore and then you kind of realise, okay, I need to go less of like at a lower weight this week or I don't need to increase my weight from the last week. But then when we're going to mental health as well, it's just like if someone's feeling really shitty, they probably don't need to be pushing for their PBs today. They can decide, all right, I'll go, yeah, take it back again or maybe I'll do less sets this week because I don't think I can do a 40-minute session or something like that.
0: Yeah, so uh, that's good because what we've done in the past as well is we do like a, like a flow series. Mm-hmm. So what we like to do, especially with kids being sitting down for long periods of time, right? And they're probably stressed out of their minds. What I've done in the past is done like a flow series. So we do like, you know, between two and three minutes on some piece of cardio, roll a bike, and we select between four and six exercises. And it might be some sort of med ball slams and throws, some mobility based and some um, body weight exercises and between three and six reps depending if they're bilateral or unilateral exercises and usually we get them to do it till they feel like they're about a six and a half and seven six and a half to seven out of ten and what that does is <clears throat> one getting the whole body move number two we get the heart rate elevated as well and number th- number three they feel a lot better afterwards as well so we're not pushing them to a nine 8 or 9 out of 10 or anything like that. We're getting the heart rate up to like 130, maybe 150 beats. Mm -hmm. Just to feel like they feel loose and almost like they have that big sigh. I just feel like more calm and relaxed. I've got some oxygen around my body Um, and being able to move. And that's giving them that, I guess, that that dopamine release. Um, Just to be able to to feel better after the training sessions. and. Mm -hmm. I think the mentality that we have with a lot of the younger, um, younger kids and the athletes here as well it's like sometimes it's better off just leaving them feeling better than what, what they um, initially came in as. And if we come in with that mentality that they actually feel better after the training session, feel relaxed and loose and, and that's going to positively affect their sleep. If we know we positively affect their sleep, we know this can positively affect their blood sugar, their food, their food choices, their energy levels, their focus. It just becomes like a huge domino effect as well. So sometimes controlling the training sessions as as coaches, we can positively affect what happens downstream um, as a result. So yeah, I think there's so many things that we can do as coaches. I think a lot of parents also should realise like we don't just chop training off. And this is probably the other, let's go to the flip side, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my son's stressed, he's got homework, blah, 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 He's got a long list of things to do. So what what's the potential negative effect of just like cutting out training just because we're just stressed and overwhelmed and got so much work to do?
1: Well, it also kind of starts a negative feedback loop as well because if you're cutting out training, then you feel a little bit less productive, you feel like you're not like doing as much, you're actually losing something and then it kind of just starts that cycle of, oh, maybe I'm not competent enough. Maybe like, yeah, I'm not worthy enough of doing the exercise and then it's just a cycle. They might not want to come back, might lose motivation and it's just, yeah, it can be a big negative loop, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's, I think we did a podcast with Dave. It's like the training itself becomes very a grounding place, yeah. kind of like a place <clears throat> to reset yourself. And when we have that mentality that that training is just beyond just building muscle, improving your cardiovascular output, blah, 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 all these, you know, physiological changes and it's more and it's just more than just it's beyond the physiological change and it's more about, you know, the mental and the wellness and well-being and that's when we're like, okay, cool, I may feel like crap before I come in. But I, I might feel a like crap when I'm training, but I might actually start to see some positive changes in my mood, um, self-regulation, and the way I perceive myself as well, just throughout the training sessions. Like, oh yeah, I'm actually not that bad mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So we ended up kind of like well, heaps of negatives, but then you got this one positive, and then usually anything that happens in our life, and I found this specifically, we can have like twenty negative things happen, like within like a week right but if we have one positive thing we're like oh that at least one thing happened i was like i feel good now and this and this is what training is It's like school to a point can be an, anything too much of a good thing can be a bad thing we know school is good develop education understanding well, um all that jazz as they um, begin to enter the real world after school but too much of that is stress it's the monotony of it so if we can break that up and have something as a grounding something to help to ground them then we're going to be able to better regulate the kids and be able to help them better um, navigate these um, tricky issues that they start to go through with high periods of stress and like this might be a system that they can um, rely upon especially as they get into year 11 year 12 even university as well it just becomes becomes a really good grounding point for them
1: yeah in saying that though there are times where if someone if an athlete or a student just is not getting enough sleep um or definitely has a lot of things going on training is something that you can cut out obviously like sleep is vital for memory for cognitive learning and stuff but also for athletes recovery so i believe that if if they can't fit in Enough sleep. If they're getting six hours sleep, it might be worth taking off that session in the morning or cool. shortening.
0: Yeah, I think um, what because what we've done previously here, I've done like performance consults with some of the uh, youth athletes here, and actually looked at like their schedules are hectic. Mm-hmm. Like uh, especially for us swimmers, they've been doing between five and seven sessions. They have school, year ten, year eleven, whatever it may be also have extracurricular activities on top of that and then also here between two and three times a week as well. So, their lives are full on. Mm-hmm. So, what I like to do is I like to actually get them to do like a quick schedule of what a normal week would look like. From there, I like to ask them, it's like, do you want more free time? And from there, if they don't want more, if they're happy with the way things are, great, fine, peachy, don't even touch it. But if there are issues that like are really... You really value my free time and And free time can be anything it could be going to the shopping center with your friends and you know catching up you know going out for coffee to cake whatever it may be I I don't know what young kids do these days (laughs) I'm getting old now Um, whatever it may be it could be something as you know um, doing a hobby or something like that, you know, some kids, some kids are into like visual design, so that could be something as well that gets them away from the things that they know they need to do. That's going to help them later on down the track, but it's not necessarily like, oh, if I had a choice, I'd do this or A or B. You know, I'll choose the thing that I enjoy the most. Um, then what we'd have to do is, is try and prioritise. Um, how can we give them a bit more free time? So then we have to start thinking a bit more smarter about the actual planning about. Um, so they're not missing out on free time as well. And I know that, I know we're going a bit off topic in terms of missing training sessions, but it is kind of relatable in that regard. So how can we make it a bit more effective? Um, and because if we give them more free time, they're going to feel less stressed as well, which means they're more likely to go train. So it's kind of like a domino effect mm-hmm. or an in, interplay effect um, at the end of the day. You know, you have one input, you have multiple inputs that gives you an output. So if we can try and change those inputs potentially the output um, for them to train or even do another training session. is going to be a lot lot higher or greater likelihood for them to continue on as well. Um, then, yeah, just being smarter. So what I always say to the kids, block out time to study or even use lunchtime as a, as a time to study as well. Have something to eat and then go in a library and just kind of just pump out what you need to get on top of because then you create more free time somewhere else. And that helps to reduce the stress potential or just kind of like prevent stress from building up even more. Um, then they'll be able to better manage until you pass the time um, where that stress um, where was. So, for example, exam periods, you better navigate it because you know it's there. You know you can't get, you can't speed it up. You just got to let time do its thing. As soon as time passes, it's, you know, a week before school ends or school holidays. It's like, oh, it's smooth sailing after that. And you can all right rest, rejuvenate, and hopefully, you know, learn, learn what... Um, pick up some lessons of what you did that worked well and what didn't and apply that to the next time around because that's just life unfortunately you know there's periods of high stress you know Um, in every industry times of the year Christmas is always a stressful time supposed to be the most joyful time Um, but yeah we want to make sure that we continue on um, with some level of training or physical activity at least so in saying that I think um, what happens if we start to see some levels of inconsistency so a lot of people, they start training, they start really well. They start really red hot. Sometimes what we we'll see is if they're sick or they're stressed, they kind of miss a session or two and becomes a bit of a habit. So how do we, what are some potential strategies in order to help these people get back on track? Even the kids as well. Sometimes it's like, ah oh, can't be bothered, I'm tired. How do we, you know, try and encourage them to come back or um, they might come back for a session. It's like, ah, oh, they're just like, oh, I'm just here because my dad said.
1: Yeah, at this stage, I would say that's when we have our big conversations. Obviously, if you've got the picture that we have lots of conversations with our athletes. But um, yeah, I'd say this is where we'd have a chat. We'd kind of reevaluate what their priorities are, what they want from us and what they want from their training or their sport or whatever. And just kind of come up with something together because I don't think you can tell – you can't tell anyone what to do, obviously. And they're not coming here for us to tell them what to do like lifestyle-wise. So I think you've got to, yeah, figure out together what they want to do, what how often they kind of want to be there, what they actually want to improve on. And then you've kind of got to be like, okay, if you want to improve your sport, you do have to be coming in, so on, so like this amount of time a week.
0: Expectations, yeah.
1: Yeah, set expectations just so that we can all kind of work together for their goal instead of just them being there.
0: Maybe it's – and I also believe adding to that like, like another level is like – um is re-establishing their goals. So, what what we like to do here as well with a lot of our members, after like a competitive season or something like that, we tend to have a bit of a sit down and chat, you know, for X amount of time and we figure out, okay, what went well, what didn't go well, what lessons can we take out of it? And I think this is really an important part because we need to be able to not just do things for the sake of doing things, but we want to learn in, in order to continue to grow, especially if they've got aspirations of, you know, we've got some of the girls here, you know, do want to make the Paris games, you know. We've got a little bit of time, but, you know, it's getting close. It's in terms of like trials and whatnot. So, we want to make sure that the goals that we have are clear and we break them down and we have really like specifics that we're trying to focus on on each block as well. So, and that in itself gives them a clear purpose of breaking what the big goal is and we break it down to more bite-sized chunks and we give them something, you know, tangible to reach. So, for something like, um, so for Holly, for example, you know, her issue was she had like lower back issues in the past, her, her foot was dragging in the water um, and then we... Um, there was another one, oh, her lats, like she couldn't really feel her lats when she was training right? So, we started to address those, just having frequent conversations. As you can tell, we have a lot of com- conversations <laughs> about conversations. Um,
1: Love to chat about chatting.
0: Yeah, exactly. And um as a result, we start to find all the key things we 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 begin to solve, but then there's something else and then we something else. And it's all this gradual progression over time. And that, Helps her to build the consistency over time is we have these small minor goals that we achieve, which is we, we still keep um, we still keep the the big goal there. Like obviously for her, to qualify for Paris. But we want to make sure that we're still chipping away at all the things that are affecting her now, and will affect her in a couple of weeks and a couple of months' time. When we address that, that becomes no longer a problem. We continue on the next thing that does pop up, and it just becomes this. It feels like it's a perpetual cycle, just never ends. But I think that's kind of sporting performance in a nutshell. It's just like you find something you do great, and like then, then you celebrate that. Then it's like, oh, what's next? It's like that's just like the athlete mentality,
1: mm-hmm. and that's us as coaches as well. Everything's always changing. We're always figuring out what our athletes want to do, and not even athletes, just general population. Like they goals are going to change constantly and we're going to change what we're doing with them constantly as well
0: yeah and I think that's the important thing to check in with excuse me if you've got um, kids um, check in with the kids see if the goals have changed like we've got um, young kids are here that no athletic pursuits or anything like that they just want to get into you know, powerlifting and just get strong and jacked so we ask where their goals are well, what do they want to achieve what do they want to bench what do they, what do they want to debt? okay cool in order to hit that, we need to get here, 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 and then you'll be able to hit it. But you'll be able to hit it really well. And then from there, it's like then it's like, oh, cool, I'm here. And then it's like, all right. And Then it gives him something else, something else, and the eyes start to open up a little bit more as well. And this constant build and build and build and build, but you always have to celebrate those successes along the way as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, I think that was really good.
1: We've chatted a lot.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, we ch- we chatted on chatting. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think the main thing is when it comes to missing sessions, what's like three key takeaways?
1: Missing sessions. So figuring out what the priority is for the week, I guess I'd say, um, if, if you have time, fit in whatever you can find what exercise you do enjoy as well, I'd say. Um, and then if you need to miss a session, don't feel guilty about it. You don't have to replace it. You can just, yeah, figure out what you can do that day to kind of get in some movement
0: and if you really are stuck go talk to someone Mm -hmm. like literally it's it's like like we get the kids talking to us Mm -hmm. you know we get the parents talking to us and we talk to the parents and see like how else can we help the kids what do you see specifically that at what's happening at home are they tired are they stressed are they struggling to sleep are they up like three in the morning you know snacking on ice cream i don't know (laughs) but we need to have these conversations and understand the athlete a lot more than or just even just the individual then we can actually best help and best serve because the program that you prescribe, right, that's all great, but if we only see them at two hours and there's 168 hours in the week and if they can't control, you know, or be able to not control but manage themselves within the 166 hours outside and it's like we're going to have some, like it doesn't matter what training we do if we can't like help them in order to, the training should positively influence what they do outside and outside should positively influence what they're doing in the training. And just like I said, everything's just a perpetual cycle that you have all these multiple inputs and you get this grand output at the end of the day. And the grand output is, you know, how are they feeling, thinking energy-wise, you know, performing. That's the output at the end of the day. Are they ready to go or they're just like broken down? And It's like, no, nah, let's call it a day. So um, I think that's it. For that one. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Thanks. <laughs> you have just listened to the Inner Athlete podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with the release of weekly episodes. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to get great tips on all things youth athlete development and youth mentoring.